This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into reality. and gents before i get in this episode with david cadavy yeah i can speak right david cadavy i want to just say thank you to you taking the time to listen to this and by taking the time to listen to this i want to offer you something pretty awesome which is a PDF of my personal philosophy. This personal philosophy gets me out of the dark, brings light to my life, and I want to give it to you for free. And I want you to know that you're not alone in your struggles. In this conversation with David and myself, we talk a lot about writing and we talk about creating We talk about how sometimes artists can actually become suffocated by this addiction to to constantly create. And David gives out an awesome exercise in which he uses time frames and he also uses other techniques to be creative. He is the author of Heart of Start. And I think you're going to love this conversation. And I want to say shout out to a few people in my life that have just been super amazing, super helpful. One is Marcus Anderson. Thank you, Marcus, for coming to my life. Another one is Scott Dolset. Thank you, Doc Scott, man. You're the man. Brian Wright, you have been in my life and just been a complete hero of mine. I want to also point out Rob Decker. One half of a dude. I love him. Absolutely love him. I also want to point out Jeremy Slate. He's constantly doing things that uh, just totally ignite my fire. And just keep pushing me harder and harder. Continually. Over and over. Another person who I really admire. Who I haven't yet met. But someone that is just killing it as a podcaster. Michael Gervasis, one of the best interviewers I've ever heard in my entire life. If I could only be half as good as him one day, I would really uh, be able to have a smile on my face all the time. That sounds weird. Anyways, uh, another guy who I really, really admire is, is, is the one father that I have. His name is John Jeffrey Nelson. He means the world to me. 
and uh, I, I wanted to start a, a movement um, with this podcast, really about scratching your own itch. And some people, I think, are confused in scratching your own itch and what it is. It, it is literally your hope. It's that thing that you have to do. You have to explore it. And I want you to scratch your own itch by doing that one thing that's been on your mind that you haven't yet started. And I want to be here for you as your accountability partner to get you started. So please either text me, 815-375-4919, or email me, logan at logantylernelson.com. And I want to be there for you through and through. So, without further ado, enjoy this interview with David Cadavy and myself. curiosity question to you is have you ever had the heart to start something meaningful and as soon as you had this idea you started to avoid taking action on the idea okay let me say that again have you ever had the heart to start something meaningful and as soon as you had this idea you started to avoid taking action on that idea Well, if that's you, I want to let you know, first off, you are not alone. Let me set the tone, though. Have you ever noticed that as soon as you make the decision to write a book, start a podcast, or start a YouTube channel, what happens? You start to actually run away from that idea. Procrastination, that awful P word, starts to settle in. I mean, it comes in bad. It's like a disease. And so what do you do? You avoid writing or filming or recording your podcast. And this is where it gets tough. This is where you start to beat yourself up. But what if you had just a few tricks in order to actually start to get you to, as they say, grease the gear, to get you rolling? Well, I want you to introduce yourself to a person that's a master at greasing the gear, having the heart to start, and his name is none other than David Cadaby. And if you're wondering if David has any authority in the harding to start, or the art of heart, (laughs) or the heart of starting, he is the author of the one and only book called The Heart to Start. And he is also the creator of the one and only podcast called Love Your Work, where he's interviewed the heroes of entrepreneurial world, including Seth Godin, Dan Ariely, just to name a couple. So I've been babbling a lot, and I would love for, for you to introduce yourself to the one and only David Cadavy. Thank you, David, so much for coming on Scratch Your Own Itch, man. Hey, Logan, thank you so much for having me back on the show. It's great to be a uh, a two-timer. 
Dude. It's an honor. Yeah, you're episode three, and I, I'm like, wow, it seems like yesterday, but it seems so far away at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's amazing how far your podcast has come. I saw like how many amazing uh, iTunes reviews you have, or I guess I should say Apple Podcasts. They don't like it when you say iTunes. Um, all those Apple Podcast reviews that you have. I mean, you've got some amazing guests. I actually got an, a, a great tip from a guest I was just listening to, who was telling me to go look at the number of podcast subscribers. Um, people who listen to my podcast who then subscribe and try to get that above 70%. So, yeah, I'm getting value from your podcast already. Oh, man, that, that means a lot to me. Uh, yeah, that was with Greg Clunas. So, yeah, anybody that's listening right now, definitely check that out. But David also has an incredible podcast as well called Love Your Work. So if you want to learn how to love your work, and he picks the minds of, of the likes of, like, God, John Bokenkamp, who is the uh, creator of the one and only what's called Black, isn't it called uh, Bl- Blacklist, right? Yeah, NBC is the Blacklist. You know, I'm I'm really getting re- uh, excited about the guests that I have coming up on the show. I'm really starting to branch out in a more. I've got a musician coming up. I've got um, uh, kind of an actor comedian coming up. I I, I kind of want to say these names, but I'm afraid I'm gonna I'm gonna jinx them. Well, one of them's been, one of them's in the can. One of them's in the can already. I just, I I'm also reluctant to mention the name because I wonder if people are going to know who it is. But to me, this guy is is such a hero. Uh, Tim Casher from a band called the called Cursive, um, which is uh, a Saddle Creek Records band, and he's also a filmmaker and he's, he's in several different genres. So yeah, starting to really talk to more creators and stuff uh, apart from the Seth Godin or the um, behavioral scientist Dan Ariely or the uh, titans of industry like like Steve Case, the founder of AOL. So yeah, I'm really having a, a very fun time making that podcast. Hey, Logan Tyler Nelson here. I would so appreciate it if you took some time to hit the subscribe button. I really want to just honestly live and give. Why? Because I was told when I was young that if you're feeling down, the best way to feel better is by lifting someone up again. So in an effort to make someone feel less alone, please hit the subscribe button so the podcast has a better chance of being found and making someone feel less alone. And if you're feeling down, hey, it can help you. Know that by hitting that subscribe button, you just did someone a huge favor. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. That's awesome. That is so cool. Um, Well, maybe later on we'll talk about your little uh, secrets and how you get these guests on your show. But first of all, I want to bring us back into the the reason why you're here today is I really want to... I want to dig deep in the in, in the hard to start the book that you just got done writing and um, but I want to start off the show with it with saying that the mission of this show now is to scratch your own itch which means you know solving a problem that you have with yourself and by solving this problem that you have with yourself you you solve it for other people too so when I say this to you what does that mean to you and and what is the story behind that. Yeah, I think uh, solving the problem for myself is exactly what I try to do with everything that I do. 
whether it is through the podcast, love your work, and I'm having conversations with people who, uh, for whom I'm very curious, and uh, and I ask them the questions that I really would like to know myself, and then with the heart to start, uh, I was writing about things that I wanted to internalize for myself, and for my for me that is uh, getting over creative fear. Um, being able to pursue an idea, to not naysay myself, to go towards what I'm curious about, even if I'm not sure that it's going to pay off soon. Um, so I think all these things kind of point to making your art, like getting the thing out of you that only you can do. Uh, and so that's the thing that I have always been striving towards in my life and so that's the thing that i hope to help other people with yeah i mean they talk so much about how procrastination is like the the devil for any artist and it really is i and when i say they i'm, I'm talking about the other uh the sort of everyone that wants to start this journey of of creating anything it's so odd that once you actually go and make a decision publicly or you make a decision consciously with yourself you go oh god i need i i, I need to actually start doing this and then all of a sudden you avoid it i know for me when i started writing my first draft book it was like um i actually started to feel bad about n not writing when i when i when I felt like I should be. So how do you how do you deal with that part of it? Knowing that uh, writing can be done anywhere, anytime, any place, and when you're not doing it, you almost feel kind of guilty. Oh, this is an easy one. Uh, and it took me a long time to learn it. Which is that, yeah, if you w want to create something, like you said, you do, you can get stuck in this trap where you, you're never done right? You're never done. And so you feel like you should always be working on it. And then by always working on it, you are making it more difficult to actually do the work. And so with something like writing is just, I have identified times of day when, uh, I will write and I will have a kind of a prescription for myself of, uh, you know, maybe it's a hundred words or maybe it's 500 words, something that I can easily manage. And I know every day at this particular time between these hours and, you know, if I'm just starting out, it might be 10 minutes. I'm going to write the rest of the day. I can feel fine that I'm not writing. And that adds up a lot over time. You can get a lot done just making sure that you're doing the same, doing that little bit of it every day. Um, and that also, I think, improves that work because you have permission to relax throughout the day. I think this is something that uh, Hemingway would, would talk about was that when he was done writing for the day, he was trying to not think about writing anymore. And he, he would just try very hard to not think about writing. And um, because he, he knew that if he were to think about it, then he wouldn't have as much as he called it juice uh, the next day when he tried to write. Man, that sounds like there's a real uh, freedom in the structure that you set for yourself. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the book? Discipline equals freedom. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if it's like discipline either, but 
Um, well, for myself, I have built my life to be a creator full time. And I've been doing that for a long time. You know, so if somebody doesn't have as much control over their schedule, if that's if that's what you're if that's what you're getting at, um, most people can find one block of time every week uh, at a certain certain time of day on a certain day every week where they can make that commitment and that you're going to do it at that time pretty much no matter what. And that can really help take care of that anxiety because I think this ties into a lot of sort of attention management or productivity systems with this idea that if you have a trusted system, then you know that things are going to get taken care of. So if you have a to-do list of things that you know you're going to do and you know that at a certain time at a certain time every week you're going to review that to-do list, then you can be more in the moment. And the same thing goes with creativity where if you know that you're going to be creating during such and such time, then you don't have to feel so anxious about not creating throughout the rest of the day. And this is uh, what I do because that's exactly the way that I felt before I started um, developing a system for myself, a trusted system of creativity where I knew that I would be outputting work. Um, that allows me to be in the moment when I'm not putting in work, uh, when I'm not outputting work, and it allows me to be in the moment and do better work when I am outputting work. Hey, friends. So let me ask you real quick. Are you someone who's trying to get more visibility? Who's trying to be in front of the crowd? Well, if that's you, I want to let you know that, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, if you want to get on more podcasts or ones that actually scratch your own itch, meaning maybe you have a book or a business or maybe you do speaking or if you don't yet do speaking, maybe you can and maybe you'd love to. Well, I put something together for you and in this little giveaway, I'm going to show you how to pitch yourself or podcasts and how to actually be professional when you show up so you can be the next authority in your niche so you can start scratching your own itch I know what it's like to build something create something and then there just be crickets no one wants that you need to be seen you need to be heard because you have a message to share a message that is worthy of hearing. Podcasts nowadays, more than ever, are being consumed by people. And guess who's actually learning the knowledge that's being shared? It's podcast listeners. It gives you a license to be an authority in whatever area you really dream of being an authority in. So if this at all starts to give you a little itch to scratch, just email logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. Yeah, I love that, dude. I seriously think that that's going to help anybody. Um, maybe not right away, but down the road when, because I, I know as a creative, I've gone through many episodes of feeling 
really bad about myself and really feeling down about myself, which I don't think a lot of people talk about, about the sort of like feeling like you suck if you're not creating because that's what you um, identify yourself with. Like when you call yourself a creator and you're actually having luxurious, fun time and, and playing, you go, I, hey, gosh, I suck. Like I'm not creating right now. I should be creating and that's what I was meant to do. And that's what I identify myself as. And I'm just having fun right now, sitting with friends. But if you actually schedule the time when you are going to create, it's only going to allow you to actually be a better creator overall when you do sit down and hang out with friends and, and have uh, times of just relaxation, which a lot of us do not know how to do because we live in such a go, go, go world. And, and, uh, you know, Gary Vanderchuk tells us to, uh, hustle, you know, and, and no days off and beast mode. Um, but it depends on the quality of questions and asking yourself, I think, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a person that's burnt out in the next 10 weeks? Or do you want to just be a person that, that can write almost every single day and sustainably, uh, take, an idea and put it into reality because you truly love this thing and and if anybody's uh, taught me anything it's you that persistence has led to success um honestly like I've I've seen so much of your your creations lead to success just because you've been persistent uh but I want to ask you what are uh, a few because I, I love how like your book is is the ultimate like way of of seeing why you are the way you are and also using scientific data to back up why you are the way you are. Um, uh, what are some, uh, what's some science, I guess, behind just getting started? Why do we avoid starting sometimes? Well, I mean, I, I, I do try to speak from personal experience. There is some science uh, I'm not a scientist myself, but I certainly do the research to try to understand my own um, creative processes. And it's uh, and I, but I also even treat science itself with a little bit of skepticism because you you know you can say whatever you want with science in a way, but it it, it does help bring sense and structure to the things that I do. I think one of these things um, scientifically that I find very helpful is there is a technique that I talk about in the heart to start called motivational judo. And the idea of motivational judo can be different for different people, but it's strictly finding the handhold that you can get on your own psyche to, um, do things where you almost, you might even be kind of lying to yourself to get yourself to do the work that you want to do. So just as, as an example, for me, I will put off starting something if I feel like it's going to be too much work. So for example, my podcast, I, I put it off for so long. For so many years, I talked about starting a podcast. I never did do it. And it wasn't until I read some article by it was Paul Jarvis who was talking about how easy it is to have a podcast and how much fun it is. And that article that I read that and I immediately booked an interview for my first podcast guest after reading that article because I was thinking, okay, yeah, it's going to be easy. I'll just get it out there. Now, 
that was a little bit of a lie because it turned out to be a lot of work. It doesn't have to be a lot of work, but for as I wanted to make a really good podcast and I really ended up enjoying it and I ended up working on it a lot. So having a kind of lie that you tell yourself is very useful. Uh, another way I do this is uh, a trick called the 10 minute hack where I will set a timer for 10 minutes and I'll say, okay, you just have to write for 10 minutes. And what happens is you, it's such an easy goal that you can't, or at least I can't personally uh, stand failing at such a simple goal. But by the time I've gotten to 10 minutes, then I'm already, uh, I'm already in it. Now, how does the science tie into that? I think it, it, uh, it ties into some research by Dan Ariely, who's, uh, I've worked on a productivity app with him that we sold to, to Google Calendar, or to Google, it became part of Google Calendar, some of the things. But Dan Ariely is a behavioral scientist, and he's done a lot of research on, uh, on lying. And he's found that uh, kind of everybody lies. Like if you give people an opportunity to lie by saying, oh, take this quiz and um, you know, you're gonna get paid for all the answers you get, right? There's the answer key over there. Go ahead and um, go ahead and check your answers and then put the quiz in the paper shredder there. Almost everybody cheats. Um, and it's interesting because they, it's not because they're, it, but nobody cheats big. Nobody, people who can really take advantage, they could just go ahead and say, oh, I, I got all of them right. And they don't do that. They cheat just a little bit, maybe one or two questions they cheat on. And the, the, the point is that the, they don't believe that they're cheating. You know, that we, we will fool ourselves into, we got the answer key, like, oh, that's the answer I thought. Uh, that, that I was originally thinking that was, I was going to answer that. I'll go ahead and give myself that one or something. And we do this uh, with ourselves, with our creative work uh, is that, um, and this is why habits are so powerful because if you make a habit out of something, then your own self perception is, is on the line. And this is part of what drives this, uh, our tendency to cheat or to lie in, in certain situations or, or to ourselves is because it's, it's a matter of, uh, of self-perception. Like we'll only cheat to the point that we can still convince ourselves that we're honest people. Um, and so we do that with our own work. So if we can find situations where we can, uh, if we know how to deal with our own self-perception, we can set ourselves up so that we know that we're not going to fail at this particular thing because that's the way that our particular personality works, but it's going to cause us, it's going to propel us into doing some other thing. You know, it's different for different people. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, Manish Sethi, who de developed a wristband called Pavlock, which you can use to break ha bad habits by shocking you. You know, he's somebody who will say like, oh, I got to write 500 words or I'm going to get shocked, you know, and that's what works for him as, as motivational judo. The idea is finding kind of the, the idea of judo is that you use your opponent's, um, energy against your opponent. And so when your opponent is your own self, you have to find the ways that your own self, that your own ego resists against you doing these things and then find ways to kind of flip it on its back 
by by kind of tricking it. So, and that has a little bit that I in the book I talk about the um, that the scientific studies about honesty and dishonesty and and how how that can be used to understand your own uh, the way you manage your own self perception, and uh, you can use that to propel yourself to actually get started and to do the work that you want to do. Hey, are you a coach or an author or a speaker? If this is you, then I want you to check out conveyor.com. It's a micro-learning platform in which you can create courses, challenges, and assessments and polls. Gather data or maybe make a course out of your incredible authority and thought leadership that you serve your peoples. So if you're someone who is saying things over and over again and you find yourself going, wow, okay, well, I wish I could systematize this or create a course out of it, conveyor.com allows you to send text messages to people every single day with a little question or assessment or maybe a new test that they can use to learn a certain subject. So check out conveyor.com. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I'm like, I'm over here and I go, I've done that, but I didn't have a label for it. I didn't consciously know what to call it. Oh, that's cool. What did you do? I, um, so like, for example, instead, like, okay, so I know that I, like, deep down, I want to be writing, right? And so... I'll tell myself, okay, Logan, you need to write, right? And then uh, I'll end up not writing and I'll start podcasting, for example. I'll I'll just look at uh, someone else's blog and I'll start reading off the podcast. And then I'll go, yeah, gosh, like I shouldn't be reading this blog. Like I, I shouldn't be podcasting right now and trying to record an episode off this blog. I should be writing. So then I'll actually go back to myself. And actually start writing, feeling like I'm kind of, I guess, like a, uh, I guess you could call me like a, con- I'm conning myself, or I'm, I'm sort of like tricking myself that I didn't even know that I, that I really deep down needed to be writing. Um, so there's like this two consciousness thing kind of happening. It's kind of weird, and and some people might go, that sounds kind of weird. Like you're. Your one head is telling you to do one thing and your other head is telling you to do another thing, which is totally true. Like we have two consciousness like and we totally have one thought talking to the other thought, which inside your mind um, is not so psychobabble. But uh, talking about it out loud seems like psychobabble. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. do you see what I'm doing with the motivational judo, though? I'm, I'm sort of like tricking myself that I should be doing one thing, but I know I should, shouldn't should be doing this other thing because I'm now doing that thing that I got to deep down get done. So, so can, you, can we unpack that again? So it's like you, you think you should be writing, but you end up listening to a podcast? All right. Uh, I guess you're interviewing me, huh? <laughs> well, I'm interested to hear yeah. how, how this works for you. Yeah, so I'll use it like this. Um, when I when I know I should be writing, so like I set a time for myself, like 6.30 p.m. or something like that, I need to write. And so then I'll actually s- start writing two minutes into it. I don't want to write anymore. 
I'm tired now. Like, I don't feel like ideas are coming to me. So then what I'll start doing is I'll do something that I enjoy, like speaking out loud or, or reading a blog that I really enjoy. And I'll, I'll do that for a podcast, a potential uh, podcast content. And then I'll start doing that. And then I'll kind of get tired and I'll go, you know what? I should just write. Writing was a better idea. And I'll go back to the writing. Hmm. So, I mean, is it that when you do this other thing, such as speaking out loud, does that warm you up creatively? It could and be. And just make it easier for you to start writing again? It could be. Yeah. Like, actually, that used to happen with me with acting, too. Like, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, God, like, you know, I, I, I was supposed to be an actor, but I actually like working out more. And so then I'll actually start working out. And then 10 minutes into the workout, I'll just leave um, like the gym and go actually go practice monologues or something like that. Um, because I think you're exactly right. It might be maybe not motivational judo, but just a way of warming up. I think um, it is. It is still motivational judo, yeah. But I think it is. Yeah, I, w- I would say it's going to be motivational judo that I'm going to start calling it just because it sounds way cooler than warming up. <laughs> but I wonder, though, so when you do act... How do you, what's the first thing that you do when you start working on your acting? Oh, that's a process, man. Um, depends what I'm working on. If it's, if it's in monologues, like, um, if it's going through just a monologue, which is totally self-sufficient and an individual thing, uh, then I, I can, I can do it in any process I want. But if it's with someone like a partner and we're doing a scene together, I kind of have to be on their agenda. So my process of getting into it always is this, is always being able to go physically warm up um, if I'm doing it with a, a scene partner. But when it's on me and I know that I have to show up for myself to do the monologue and rehearse the monologue, I don't, I, I always think I don't physically need to warm up. Like the head can mm. like outsmart myself and go, uh, you don't need to warm up physically. And then I'll, I'll start doing the monologue and I'll be like, this is not working out. So then I'll go for a workout, love the workout, and then come back to actually doing the monologue and going, wow, I needed to physically warm up. I needed to vocally warm up and I needed to emotionally connect with myself. And during that whole physical workout, I can actually do all that. And maybe we can have an episode on yours where we can talk about uh, the the mechanics of, of what a physical warm-up, uh, <laughs> vocally and also the, the mechanics of a physical, vocal, and emotional warm-up for getting into a role that uh, is uh, unlike your normal world. Well, it's funny. I, I guess I've realized that warming up kind of is a form of motivational judo. Um. This is something that I do for my podcast. We were just talking about this that, um, you know, I'm not always I do my podcast in the afternoons typically and I've been writing all day. I haven't really been talking to somebody and and now I've got to like talk and think and be nimble. And if I just hop onto a podcast, it's not going to necessarily work out that well. I mean, plus my voice won't last as long. So I have warm ups. I have a file and it has a an audio file in it that is a warm up from a, a class that I took and then I've got different tongue twisters that I do and I don't have to think like that's the thing that makes it work. That's the thing that kind of makes it a motivational judo thing is that I, I, I turn it into a thing where I don't have to think 
to do it. And I just have to go just follow these steps. And then eventually I'll have the motivation to actually, you know, have the conversations and stuff. And it it gets increasingly more difficult as the warm up goes on. So it starts with the vocal warm ups, then tongue twisters, then there's like a rap that I do. Um, and then I start doing like individual improv exercises, um, to get my brain going or oftentimes I'll take a shower right before I do my podcast. Um, and I listen to, uh, sleep with me podcast with Drew Ackerman, uh, which is, he's just very, a rambly podcast. He, he basically tells bedtime, bedtime stories for adults and he really is in touch with his subconscious. And that's what I want to where I want to get to. So I start allowing myself to ramble or, or do stream of consciousness. (laughs) And then, um, so I, I, I do those different things and then maybe I might even have, uh, a checklist of things about a guest that, that I want to, my, my questions with my guests and I'll just riff on those. And then I'm starting to be able to, uh, improvise on the stuff that's relevant to the guests. So it's starting off with some things where it's, I know if I follow these steps, without even thinking about it, that I'll eventually warm up enough where I can start doing the more mental heavy lifting. Dude, I love this. I love this conversation, man. Because it's a, <laughs> it comes down to, like you were saying earlier, habits, but it also comes down to another word for habits is routine and creating that routine for yourself. Two giants that I absolutely love in this space is BJ Fogg, which I know you had on your podcast. Um, yes. And he's a master of habits. And then also... Uh, Charles Duhigg, which you didn't have on your podcast, but he wrote an amazing book, The Power of Habits, which is you can find yourself actually becoming almost superhero-like if you create the right systems and processes, which it, it, to some people may go, you may go, wow, why would anybody be able to run these marathon-like sprints every single day or run these uh, these these processes like writing, you know, 15,000 words a day and being able to do this day in and day out is because they just have the right processes and systems, but they didn't start like that. They started with mm-hmm. the tools like you were talking about earlier, the, the t- sort of tricking yourself with the 10 minutes, but Hey man, I told you I want to only do this for like 30 minutes, but I want to go to scratching to the surface curiosity questions. If you accept my offer, it's just a few more questions about. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm good for another 15 or 20 minutes. Nice, dude. Look, it's happening in real time. Um, this is how much this man means to me right now. I want to talk to him more. I only wanted to talk to him for 30 minutes, but now I, he started. I guess the. He greased, greased the gear for me, and now I just want to keep going. Um, anyways, uh, so scratching the surface curiosity questions is just to make anyone out there feel a little bit less alone and then also learn a little bit more about David through making someone feel less alone. So the first question I have for you is, it's a giving's giving question, which is a thought that you may have had about someone else or yourself that you may be embarrassed about having or ashamed about having? Hmm. I'm trying to, trying to think of something. So I thought, I, I immediately um, go to thinking that if I've had such a thought, it's probably about myself. But I know that I've had those. It's just, 
I feel like it's been a while since I had self-damaging thoughts because I've filled up so much, so much of my life with doing the things that make me happy and that I enjoy doing that there's hardly room for any of that anymore. Hmm. I, I can't think of one right now. Is it possible if, if I if I think of it later that we can? <laughs> May I prompt you? Last time I sure. remember you talking about your body and um, yeah, looking yeah. at yourself in the mirror and in your body that you had. Are you still having those bad thoughts about your own body or what? My wrists. I think it's yeah. My wrists are too skinny. Is probably the thing. Um, well, you know, I'm getting older now, so I I am like. Uh, <laughs> running, running into this. I'm almost, I'm almost 39 now, so I I'm I'm running into this thing where like I'm I'm working out, but like I'm not. My body's like getting worse instead of better, <laughs> you know. And so so yeah, I, I have I, I I think about that. It's not. Uh, it doesn't like take over my life or my thoughts. At least I don't think it does. But it's it's there, and yeah, it's it's a little. It's a little frustrating, but you have to accept it because you're you're gonna age. Oh man, uh, the heart of having to actually listen to your heart and going, I am aging, and uh, it's not happening in the way that I want it to, and um, that kind of stinks. Anyways, um, I want to go to the next question, which is is, you know, I think you're really, really great at doing this interviewing thing on your own podcast. And I would be really, I guess, kicking myself in the butt if I didn't ask you this question. Which guest did you have on that really opened you up in a new way and started making you operate a little bit differently in the world? Oh, uh, where do I begin? <laughs> Just pick one. I mean, I think they all... They they really all have. I would have to say that the one with the most measurable uh, input-output would be Seth Godin. Yeah. Episode 77, I think is what it is. And I was just holding on so hard to some false idea of what my next book was going to be. And Seth really opened my eyes to the possibilities of of just, I mean, accepting where I was and accepting the idea that I could make the book that I wanted to make, that it felt good to me and not what uh, the book industry seems to want to crank out, which didn't feel right to me, yet I was still trying to do it. And so from that process came the heart, the heart to start. So that would be Seth. That's awesome. Seth Godin is absolutely uh, someone that I he will make a Christmas present absolutely come true for me if I get him on the podcast. <laughs> um, I would love that guy to be on the show, but he's busier than heck. And um, not that I'm weeding it out, but I know down the road it'll happen. I just don't know when. So what is a guess, though, that is a Seth Godin for you that you really want to get on the show, but you're not so sure if it's ever going to happen? Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, first one to come to mind, I guess, would be Tim Ferriss. Uh, you know, his book, The Four Hour Work Week, really changed my life, and I set up my life based on a lot of things that I learned on on uh, in that book. 
and I haven't managed to get him on the show yet. Um, yeah, that would be that would be probably probably the the next. St- I, I'm like thinking of you know who else is like somebody that's hard to attain that I'd like to have on, and I think that it's, it it would probably be uh, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, Tim Ferriss would be awesome. How about uh, any any uh, famous actors or celebrities? Um, well, this isn't a famous actor, but I have fantasized a little bit about having Warren Buffett on the show, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> that's even, even, even far further beyond, uh, more difficult to attain. But I used to live down the street from him. Uh, we, I mean, we're not like buddies. I never, I never even saw him, but, uh, but you know, we, I'm from Omaha as well. And I've interviewed, I've been interviewing quite a few, I guess, kind of famous Nebraskans, like. John Bokenkamp, creator of the, the Blacklist, Tim Kasher, who I was talking about earlier of Cursive, the, the musician from Sour Creek Records. Um, you know, another one I would love to have would be Alexander Payne, who is a uh, director, filmmaker of uh, Election, about Schmidt, Sideways. Uh, he's got a, a new one out, Sideways. Downsizing. Oh, man. Sideways is a great movie. So yeah. good. Oh, man. And, if you just look at all the movies Alexander Payne has made, he's 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 a master. Uh, Election is my favorite movie, uh, I think ever. So <laughs> he would be somebody who would be great to have on. Um, and when I when I talked to John Bokenkamp, he was like, oh, you know, I see him around. Uh, I see him around the studio every once in a while. So you know, I'll put in a good word. But <laughs> who who knows? Who knows what what happens there? Yeah, I you know I listen to podcasts like I. Uh... Um. Yeah. What's his name? Um. I can't think of the name right now. It'll probably come up later. I can't think of the name right now. Uh. But uh. <laughs> but who who was on the other day? The guy who uh is the creator of like, um. All the uh. Gosh, I can't. I'm I'm drawing blanks to everything right now. He wrote uh Forty Year Old Virgin and stuff like that. Um. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, help me with this. Do you know who I'm I, I really, I really don't know many screenwriters. Uh, I it, it's a little shameful, in fact, that I, I it took it took me a long. I got very far in my life before I even recognized that, like, oh, there's people who write those movies that I watch. You know, there's this weird thing that happens when you start typing something. All of a sudden, it comes to your mind. Uh, so yeah, his his uh, his his name is. Not Paul Rudd. Um, gosh, I can't think. Where Where is it? 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 Anyways. Um, oh, Judd Aptow. He was on this podcast the other oh, day. Oh, okay. And he was talking about, he's like, you know, God. I, he's like, I, there's all these things that I'd love to do. It's just I don't have the freaking time. Like, making a movie takes so much time. Like, he's like, I'd love to be on more podcasts with people. I'd love to just hang out with them. And he's like, but I just have too much time <laughs> um, taken up by making up films instead of doing these other interviews, which is way fun. But unfortunately, he's like, I'm addicted to making films. So um, mm-hmm. I feel like that might be Alexander Payne's. Uh, it's pun intended pain right now because he just takes a lot of time to take, make films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he makes amazing films, so that's that's fine. If he can't, if he doesn't have time to be on my podcast, but it means he's going to make more films, that's great. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's get into just two more questions, and then uh, we'll uh, 
we'll let you go until next time. Uh, so the second to last question is, how can anyone that's listening right now to this uh, support David Kedeby? I would say, uh, you know, it depends on your, your level, the level of commitment you want to take. So you can, uh, <laughs> I, I would, I would want to say, yeah, obviously buy my book, uh, listen to love your work. I think there's going to be, a, there's going to be a lot of episodes on there that would be really helpful to people. Uh, and also I do have a, uh, a productivity toolkit, a creative productivity toolkit. So a lot of the things that we were just talking about, motivational judo and habits and such, I started uh, experimenting with those things because I really wanted to write more. Uh, I really wanted to create more. And I ended up tracking it, and I ended up quadrupling my my word output over the course of a year. And, I mean, not even just quadrupling my word output. My, that's when my work really started to get noticed by more people and ended up in more publications like Quartz and The Muse and um, Huffington Post and uh, Upworthy and such. And so I have compiled a toolkit of the tools that I rely upon in, in, in doing that, in boosting my creative productivity. So if people are interested in seeing what those tools are, um, they can check out cadavy.net slash tools and, uh, and they can find the tools there. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm going to link that up in the show notes. Cool. For Thank sure. you. Absolutely, man. I mean, Heck, who doesn't want more productivity in their life? Like, and actually working on the things that they really care inside their heads about consciously. And then all of a sudden they start to do those things, and put some action towards it, and just doesn't want to come out. So, uh, thank you for making full circle on how to actually make that happen and cool. uh, make some dreams actually come true. But I want to ask you just one more question. Um, is there anything that is one of the best questions during an interview that came up for you that you wish more people asked themselves? Um, and, and, and do you mean this interview or interviews that I do in the podcast? <laughs> yeah, the podcast that you do, my man. Oh, Okay. Yeah, questions I wish more people ask themselves. I guess I've lately been very interested in creators who aren't afraid to um, to branch out into areas where it seems like it would be very easy for for one to decide like, oh, I shouldn't do that. So, for example, with Tim Kasher, who I just interviewed, he had this successful emo hardcore band, Cursive. And he branched out and did a, a folk band as well called uh, The Good Life. And then later on, he he made a feature film, um, you know, wrote it and directed it, and then even made the album to go along with it. And so I'm very fascinated by these people who are able to branch out in that way because I think that there is a, a strange thing in our culture it is that I've met a lot of people who are ashamed of their curiosity. Uh, I don't know if this sounds familiar to you, but you know, a person might say, oh, I'm really, uh, I'm interested in this thing, but I don't really know. I, I, I don't know. I'm also interested in this. I, I'm interested in too many things. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know what to do about it. And then they just end up giving up and watching Netflix or something instead. Um, but it's weird that people feel like they should only follow things where there's a clear payoff. And that's not the way things work. So there's the, this great story from Steve Jobs in his uh, Stanford commencement address where he talks about dropping in on different classes in Reed College um, when he had was had dropped out of school, he's just dropping in on classes, whatever classes he wanted to, and he ended up dropping in on a calligraphy class. So he learned all about beautiful letters and beautiful calligraphy and letter spacing and kerning and all these things. And it had no practical application in his life. But then later, when he was building the Mac, he built that into the Mac. It was the first computer to have optically spaced typography and it, you know, end up having value. So you can never tell whether so something is going to connect with something else later down, later on down the road. And the things that you're curious about or the things that you feel motivated to do, those are the things that you can work on harder than anybody. So I guess I would, I kind of wish more people would ask themselves, what is it that I really want to do or fantasize about doing that I hold my myself back from doing something that I'm curious about and that interests me that I actually suppress myself from pursuing because I feel like I should be more adult or more disciplined or do something that's going to have a clear payoff. Man, man, I love that so much. I Curiosity is intellectual play, as I dub it, and it's being able to still be a kid even in your adult body. And I, I talk about this all the time, the, the, the three C's that I follow, because if these three C's aren't followed during my day and I feel exhausted, I have to ask myself, am I curious right now about something? And if the answer is no, then maybe that's why I'm exhausted. If I'm not compassionate about something and I feel exhausted and the answer is well I'm not I'm not giving I'm not helping out anybody well that could be a reason why I'm exhausted or if I'm not creative with something that I'm doing then that could be another reason why I'm exhausted because exhaustion to me is like I hate being exhausted <laughs> no one likes it but um but I think that uh, energy is a thing that you can you can cultivate, and there's infinite amounts of energy. You just gotta know where to channel it. And uh, so I really love that you talk about curiosity. So thank you so much. Um, I wish we could talk for like nineteen thousand more hours. And I want to just say uh, to David, thank you so much for being my first repeat guest on Scratch Your Own Itch. And uh, hey, man, we'll uh, we'll stay in touch. Um, I know that I listen to your podcast uh, religiously. Uh, I just listened to the um, the episode that you had with oh God, what's her name? Um, about um, uh, uh, I'm I'm drawing, dude. I'm drawing so many blanks today. This is not good. Um, but it was about doing doing work where it's more about just being uh, uh, more giving and 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 being nice to the world and not ever doing things out of like, hey, I'm going to do this because it's going to get me this. Um, so I really like enjoyed that episode a lot. 
And I loved your episode with Seth. That was, of course, that's something that I've listened to twice. And another interview that you had on another person's podcast, all about repetition and the professionalism that it takes to be repetitive about stuff with, um, uh, I think I think his name's uh, Kogan. Noah Kagan, right? Noah Kagan. That was an awesome episode about repetition. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah. So anyways... Thanks, man. Uh, you're a true hero of mine. Uh, obviously, I keep b- mumbling and babbling about you because I really, uh, dude, I look up to you, man. So that, that's up. awesome. That's a that's a huge honor to to be looked up to by anybody. So <laughs> uh, especially w- with you and the generosity that you put forth with this podcast. So thank you. Ah, thanks a lot, David. All right. Until then, we will talk later. <laughs> All right, there's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to support the show by listening. Um, the biggest compliment you could ever pay me is just by sharing this because, honestly, it doesn't take much, and it feels so good when people create something and take time. And when I see someone take time to create something that really just changed my day either made me feel less alone, made me put a smile on my face, made me laugh, made me feel wiser. I always want to share it with the world because why? When I share something that resonates with me, why not share it? I mean, that's just kind of the thing that goes around and it's free. It takes no time at all other than just a click of the button, share. On either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those social media platforms would be great to share this. So I really appreciate it. And I want to say that um, anybody who's looking to gain authority or expertise in their area and they don't want to take another year or year and a half to write a book and wait until that's published, I think the best way is right now is to start a podcast. So if you're at all interested in starting a podcast, If you meet the certain requirements, I would love to help you with a podcast and also get a website going for you as well. And this is not an easy task. It's hard to actually get it done and get it out there. So every now and then we need some help and I'm here for you. So please reach me at Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com if you're interested at all. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.